Welcome to episode 17 of the Legends Podcast. I am one half of the Legends Podcast, Sam Mannheimer, and I am joined today by fellow co-host Ari Levy. We got a great interview for you guys today. We're interviewing Zach Horowitz, real interesting lad. He lived in a van and traveled the United States for nine months, hitting all 50 states, including Alaska and Hawaii. Uh, We dive more into that, but all around just a great interview. And he taught me a thing or two about living in a van. Yeah, those were important words from Zach in our new segment that we are now calling Legends Podcast Van Talk, original name. Zach's a legend in the truest sense. In addition to traveling all to all 50 states in nine months, also competed in the Red Bull World Championship Paper Airplane Competition. And he was in Little 500 for, I think, all four years of college, too. So very accomplished and driven individual. Really incredible interview. So looking forward to bringing that to you. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about arguably the best time of the year for sports. We got March Madness right around the corner recording on March 14th today. And it is Selection Sunday and the bracket has just been announced. Ari, how excited are you? And also, how many brackets are you going to make? Um, I've already started texting different groups of friends. And I was like, do you guys want to do a pool? Do you guys want to do a pool? Do you guys want to do a pool? I'm really excited. Uh, It's been two years since we've been able to do this. And it's like one of the best things in sports. And I also really think this is my year. Why is that? So I am not working right now and I will not be working until April. And I, uh, I put my two weeks in on Monday, last past Monday, And uh, they terminated me on Wednesday, but I'm getting paid the full two weeks that I was going to work. So I am getting paid not to work, and I will use that time to be analyzing the bracket like a scientist. And I've never had this amount of time to look over the bracket, and I think this is my year. Even though it's a crapshoot, I think it's my year. Verbal meme, you're like Zach Galifianakis in the casino with all the numbers running all over the place because I just assume you're going to be crunching a lot of numbers with all this time off. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I just saw Rain Man for the first time last night. Nice. I still need to watch it. It's on Um, Netflix now. Thanks for the wreck. Incredible performance by Dustin Hoffman. He is a legend. Yeah. We should get him on the pod. (laughs) Future guest Dustin Hoffman. So who do you like? Spoil it for the people. Who who, who do you think you're going to pick? I'm still analyzing the bracket, and it's technically, it's not all official yet, isn't it? Or uh, No, it's official, but some of the planned games still need to happen. So okay, there's, so, there's pick-ems between certain okay. teams, but it doesn't matter so, who wins those. There's two picks that I am feeling very confident about. Um, one of which is, I think the Illini are going to lose in like the second round. I, I like Loyola Chicago a lot. I think the Illini are very good. They won the, the Big Ten tournament just now. I just think that they're they're going to lose in the second round. I just think they're a little ahead of themselves right now. And I, I could see it happening just as, as an upset. Another school that I could see going far, and, and they did just lose to Colorado, but I think USC could really make a run into the Final Four. I think Evan Mobley's fantastic. I think they play great team ball. My boy Kirk Harris is on the bench for every game as an assistant coach. So, so, so I like USC a lot. And my way too early Final Four, 
which is just it's tough because Gonzaga is so good. But uh, I I like USC. I can't believe I'm saying it, but like I think like Colorado could also make a run. West Virginia and Baylor. Okay, I like that. Straight off the dome, I'm gonna go ahead and say Gonzaga. I'm gonna shake things up a little bit. I'm gonna say Michigan State, 11 seed. I think they go far. I like Tom Izzo in March, and then I'm gonna say Ohio State. I like what I saw out of them today in the Big Ten championship, and then I like Illinois too. I'm probably gonna change this too. So whatever I'm saying now yeah. is definitely not. What also, I'm gonna actually also, go like I said, it's all such a crapshoot. Like the thing is, you have to pick some team to like advance far. That's like a low ranked team because it always happens. Yeah. If I'm certain about one thing, I just think Illinois is gonna lose. We'll see. I mean, maybe they can yeah. repeat some of that magic from one. One interesting thing about Illinois that I saw was I think this is their fifth time making the NCAA tournament as a number one seed. And of the previous four, three of them, they've gone to the final four. I mean, they've just got one of the best players in the tournament and IO. And I like Andre Corbello a lot too. I like that pure point guard. I think those are the types of guys that lead teams into the final four. You know who I also, what's the big lad's name again? Kofi Coburn. Yeah. Uh, He's great. I mean, just dominant at the collegiate level. And then sure. I also like Oklahoma State to go far with Cade Cunningham. Yeah, Cade Cunningham is great. So one important thing about this, this tournament this year is that it is being in, played entirely within the state of Indiana, which first time that's ever happened, obviously due to COVID. I think this is an awesome opportunity for the state just to showcase how much it goes crazy for basketball. As an Indiana Hoosiers podcast, we would be remiss not to bring up the fact that we're essentially getting cuckolded by having games being played in Assembly Hall while we have to just sit off to the side and and watch that happen. Pretty tough look for the program. Obviously, four years in, one would think we should be able to make the tournament under Archie Miller, but it hurts even more just having to see rival schools in our conference playing our home arena in front of theoretically our fans in a tournament like this. Yeah. Well, the NCAA tournament final four will be in Indianapolis again. I don't know if there will ever be another situation unless there's a pandemic, but other than that, I don't see another situation where the entire tournament would be held in the state of Indiana and yeah, the Hoosiers can even make it. So this is brutal. Yeah. Hopefully this will kind of wake up the school. I, I hope to fire Archie. I am fully on board the fire Archie train. Me Granted, too. I don't know who we would get. So I would hope that there's people smarter and more informed than me to be able to get a qualified replacement. But yeah, I mean, something's got to change. And just the fact that we're going to have to sit in the stands for this one hurts a lot. So speaking of basketball, this is a personal shout out for me, personal idol of mine, Stephen Curry, 33rd birthday today, March 14th. Happy birthday, Steph. It's also my girlfriend's birthday this week, but more importantly, it's Steph Curry's birthday. Just kidding. Drew Brees retired today, and you know our, our age of players is kind of starting to, to dwindle out. And by our age, I just mean like the guys who were playing when we were in middle school 
Um, you know, Philip Rivers just retired as well. Uh, Drew Brees, and we still got Ben Roethlisberger, and obviously the goat Tom Brady hanging around. But it's weird to see some of these guys starting to go. Um, Drew Brees did so much for the city of New Orleans, and he came at a time where no one wanted to go there post Katrina, and he really revitalized that franchise and brought that just spirit back to New Orleans because they are a great franchise. Yeah, absolutely. One of the most passionate fan bases really in all of sports. Like you said, it is crazy to see some of these athletes that we grew up with starting to retire. It's sad in a lot of ways, just because you feel like the passage of time is really occurring when these guys cycle out of the league. Because part of what's so great about watching them play so long is that you get to feel young by comparison. So when you turn on TV on Sunday, you see Drew Brees still lacing it up. And you remember where you were watching him when you were 12, 13 years old playing Madden with him. So now that he's gone, it's a definitely a little piece of your childhood that goes away too. Thankfully, we do still have the GOAT Tom Brady who's going to play forever. So we'll be forever young. But with Drew Brees, it is a... Definitely door closing a little bit on on part of our background. Yeah, for sure. And uh, they still got Ben Roethlisberger hanging around. And Eli Manning retired last year. But Roethlisberger and Brady are still playing at a really high level. And they both are on two very good teams this year. So we'll see what happens going forward. Um, I'm very interested to see what New Orleans is going to do with Jameis Winston. They just signed Taysom Hill to a $140 million contract, which is essentially something that is just to move on paper so that they can finagle with the cap because the Saints Wait, are committed. they signed him to a $140 million contract? Yeah, so basically the issue with the Saints is I want to say they're about $56 million over the cap, which just went down. So they need to do some serious gymnastics in order to stay under the cap. And the NFL cap is, is a hard cap. It's not like the NBA where you can pay into a luxury tax. So essentially what they did with Hill, I believe, is they gave him a monster contract. Almost none of it is guaranteed. It's basically like a $20 million deal, but they signed him to that amount down the line, non-guaranteed, just so that I guess they can, I don't know how it exactly works, but I think it's essentially backloaded and they can get out of it. So I just pulled up Adam Schefter's tweet. Um, This is all news to me. I did not see this. So this is the first time I'm hearing about it. So you broke the news to me like I broke the Kevin Durant to the Warriors news to you, which did happen. Equally uh, colossal. Uh, Saints are restructuring Taysom Hill's contract to create cap room. The details are great. It's a four-year, $140 million contract extension, but all years are voidable, and it's a mechanism to free up cap space this year per source. It saves the Saints over $7.5 million against the cap this year. So I guess it's kind of a ploy. Yeah. No, the Saints are crazy over the cap though because the cap did go down by i want to say about 15 percent or something like that and they're so far in the bread right now they're gonna have to cut some good guys most likely and that's gonna happen all throughout the nfl lots of guys are gonna probably sign one year deals in free agency just so that they can sign for a bigger one after the cap theoretically goes up at the end of this upcoming year so hopefully some of our teams will land some big names, Raiders and and Bears fans out there. Russell Wilson, that could divide the two of us. If uh, if he goes to Chicago, I'm going to feel a little upset, and I would assume the the opposite would also be true. Yeah, if the Bear, here's the thing about the Bears. A lot of, like, the asking price, at least for Deshaun Watson, was, like, they want a defensive player, and the Bears have such a deep defensive team 
that like yeah it would suck to trade one of them but like i think for the prices right you can move any one of those defensive players other than khalil mack yeah. maybe two first round picks and roquan smith which would suck but like for deshaun watson like i'd probably do that deal what about russell wilson i would also do it for russell wilson i like i like both of them because they're under contract so you're you're giving a lot to to get a guy and and like this bears team is so good and their defense is so loaded if they had to get rid of one guy to make room for a quarterback they do that i would i would trade anyone on that defense except for khalil mack yeah Realistically, would you ever trade? Would you ever trade Khalil Mack if you had him? All right, and with that, we're gonna go. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean that's a low blow, dude. It's, it's it's just too easy. The opportunity was there. Yeah. Well, we got a uh, Josh Jacobs out of it, so he did. He's he's, he's good. He's solid. Fine. We'll Fine. see where he's at in three years. But anyways. If you have time this week, tune in to, to NBC or CNBC for Mad Money. So as a lot of you saw last week, or was it last week or two weeks ago? It was two weeks ago now. I was on Mad Money, and I said Kramer Portnoy 2024. I put it on Twitter, and Dave Portnoy had retweeted it, 200,000 views. The phone was popping off, and NBC called me two days later and they said hey we saw your clip uh you were a really great call we want you to make a video for jim to celebrate the show's 16th anniversary so i made a video for jim and i sent it to them i don't know what day it's going to be on yet i'm going to actually reach out to them tomorrow i'll post on our podcast instagram page when i know but i i will be showing face on uh, mad money this week so uh make sure to keep an eye out 30 Rock's newest tenant, Ari Levy. Along with my sister. She works there. NBC's well, actually, yeah, I know. CNBC's in New Jersey somewhere. Oh, really? Not in 30 Rock, but she actually sent me a, a job posting for CNBC, and she's like, you should apply. And I, like, waited two days, and the application closed. But I'm, I'm forging my own path. I don't need my sister's help. <laughs> I'm forging my own path through ridiculous internet content. You're an independent legend. And starting fights on Twitter. That's how we all make our own names. Well, I think without any further ado, covered a lot of good topics, and we got a lot of great upcoming topics that we discussed with Zach. So with that, we can take you to the interview and Zach Horowitz. We now welcome on very special guest, he hails from Carmel, Indiana, but he's been all around the world, whether it be in a van or on a paper airplane. He goes by many names, I assume, but the one we know him by is Zach Horowitz. Welcome to the Legends Podcast, Zach. Thank you, fellas. It's so great to be here. Excited for this podcast. Let's do it. All right, Zach. So uh, post-grad, it looked like you just like got into a van and, and drove around the country. And, and for those that don't know, like you want to kind of like care to explain who you are and what you were doing? Sure. Yeah. So as graduation was nearing, as the end of college was coming to be, I uh, had a lot on my mind as any college graduate would. But one thing I knew was that I didn't want to go work. And I had this lifelong dream of mine that I was just itching to uh, 
satisfy. And that dream of mine was to travel the country. And I never really knew how I was going to do it or when I was going to do it. But like I said, graduation was coming and I saw an opportunity. And so I went after it. So after a lot of different iterations of trying to achieve this goal, I finally settled on building out the back of my truck. So I got a topper on the backside of my 2018 Chevy Silverado. And I, I'm a woodworker. So I built out the back. I had a bed in there, a kitchen, a bunch of storage for my clothes and other stuff. And I just lived in my car and I traveled the country. I left on January 1st of 2020 and I went to all 50 states in about nine months. So is this episode going to be brought to us by Chevy? Is this an ad? Can you uh, promote? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it, it could be a, a Chevy plug if we want it to be. We're sponsored by Uncle Bud, Celebrity Sweat, and now the Chevy Silverado. <laughs> it's truck month. <laughs> yeah, it's truck month. I'm a truck guy. Clearly, All Zach's right. a truck guy. Yeah, we know that. So, Zach, that sounds very interesting. I want to hear all about all of the 50 states, but then a question that immediately comes to mind is, how did you get to Alaska and how did you get to Hawaii on, in your Chevy Silverado? Because that might be a capability that people might want to know about. Yeah, so unfortunately, the Chevy does not turn into a boat. Uh, that would have been cool to just sail to Hawaii. But yeah, so to get to Alaska and Hawaii, especially during the pandemic, you know, getting there was questionable, right? Like originally the plan was just to go to the the contiguous 48. It was like, all right, I'll just leave out Hawaii and Alaska. But then as I kept traveling and kept thinking about it, it was like, how many opportunities do you have to be able to do something that's going to allow you to say that you went to all 50 states in nine months or whatever? So when I was in Oregon, I flew to Alaska. And when I was in San Diego, I flew to Hawaii. And the Hawaii trip was especially interesting because I was in Alaska for like three or four days or something, but I couldn't stay in Hawaii because Hawaii like locked down on their COVID regulations and all that good stuff. So I literally, I left San Diego, right? Five and a half hour flight to Hawaii. I was in Hawaii for, I don't know, five hours or something. And then I flew back. So 18 hours after I left San Diego, I was back in San Diego. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So I didn't really get to spend time in Hawaii, but it was my only chance to like actually be there and say that I was in all 50 states in one year. So I'm definitely going to have to go back to Hawaii and, you know, give the state a chance to like actually enjoy it for what it's worth. But for now, I just felt like I kind of had to do that, you know, just getting it out. All right. This is very relevant for me because I am actually going to Hawaii in two weeks. So March 22nd, and I will be living out of a van for five days. But before we get into tips about living in a van, I know I need a negative COVID test to get into Hawaii. So did you like not know that? Or did you just fly there knowing that you were going to come back? Or did you get there and they were like, you can't come in because you don't have a COVID test? Or did you just yeah, go so, to knock it off the bucket list? Essentially. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like it was never in my life. Am I probably going to be to more than like 10 states in one year, right? It's just so unusual that you would go to that many states. I mean, even if you go to like 30, like the difference between going to 30 and all 50, like the amount of effort that you have to put in is just wild, right? So when all was said and done, it's like I had already been to Alaska. Hawaii was the only one I was going to have to make like a massive effort for. So, yeah, I mean, it was just to check it off the bucket list. Like, I have been in all 50 states in nine months, right? In 2020, I was in all 50 states, and it's, it was the only time I was ever going to be able to say that. 
did you leave the airport? I did. Yeah, I got outside okay. and walked around a bit, but I didn't want to get too far. I mean, had I strayed too far from the airport, you know, I read some things and I was told things in the airport, like, hey, if you get caught, it's a $10,000 fine or something like that. And it's just like, what's worth it, you know? I will say I, I, the official metric of have you been to a foreign country is did you leave the airport on your layover at the minimum? Like if you go to a country and you stop over in, I don't know, Switzerland, but you never leave the airport, you, you haven't been to Switzerland. But if you've left the airport in Hawaii, then you were on Hawaiian soil. It's like, yes, you, you, you pass customs, <laughs> if you will. So you, you're there. The Legends podcast counts it all 50 states one year. And you, risk, and you risked it all. You, you knew you might get a fine and you're like, I got to get out of the airport slightly enough to count it and then get back, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, I probably wasn't going to get caught. You know, it was actually funny when I arrived back in San Diego. I was probably back for, I don't know, maybe 10 hours. or I think it might have even been the next day. And I, and I get a call from an, a phone number that I don't have, but I see the area code. It says like Hawaii. Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm like, right, this is going to be interesting. So I answered it and they were like, Hey, we're just checking in to make sure that you're like, that you found a quarantine location. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm back in San Diego. And they didn't believe me. And yeah, because why would they, right? Who would fly to Hawaii just to be there for five hours and fly home? Were you like Frank Abagnale Jr. getting off the plane and catch me if you can, where like you touch down and you're like escaping through the bathroom just so you like don't have to go through security or anything like that? Or- <laughs> <laughs> right. It felt like that. Yeah. Thinking about it. <laughs> after uh, after 9-11, there, that, that doesn't fly anymore. Used to do used to be able to literally do whatever in an airport. Like you could just like walk over the fence and walk down the runway. And like now you just can't do anything. Right. I don't know if you could walk on the runway. Before no, 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 what, no, what I'm saying. All right. Like, let me rephrase that. Like you could sneak into an airport, like oh yeah, you didn't around. need a ticket. Like, you didn't need a ticket to get into the terminal, but now you. Do. I know what I'm saying is like you could have probably hopped a fence and like ran around and like gotten in some way. Like you can't do that shit now. All right, so um, I have a list of all the state. What? I, it's true. I just don't. I, I find it hard to believe that even in a pre 9/11 era, you could hop a fence and get into an airport. Like there were still rules around this. It wasn't like the Wild West. Dude, you could have literally done anything. Like, like the security was so lax. You used to be able to smoke cigarettes on an airplane. Yeah, that's which is crazy. That I, to fact, I wish we which could. is also crazy. Dom- domestic travel in Australia, you do not need to show your driver's license. That's just within the country. Within Australia, yeah. That that was my experience. I had to show no ID on inner Australia flights. So, a question I had for you is. I got this nice app. It's called Ben, and you just you for the United States and world. And you basically all it is is you just mark where you've been, and it shows like your percentages of what countries you've been to. And and there's a couple, you know, I've been to, and I'm about I'm going to Hawaii next week. So, but so far I'm at 50% of U.S. states, and that counts for driving through as well. I don't count airport stops, but if I've driven through the state, I count as count as that I've been there. So there's a couple states that I don't ever see myself ever going to. And I just want to know what your thoughts are. It's only three, Alabama, West Virginia, and North Dakota. Can you tell me about these three states? I've been to Mississippi. So let's see. You said Alabama was one of them? Alabama, West Virginia, 
North Dakota. Every other state I haven't been to, I could see myself either passing through or going to at some point. You want to know what I did in Alabama? So I was in, uh, long story short, I was in Dallas, Texas, and things were not going well with my, my Zadie, my grandfather, and he was down in Florida. So essentially, I just made the decision to drive from Dallas to, to Florida and like one go. I stayed with my uncle in Louisiana. But yeah, all I did in Alabama was fill up a tank of gas and I ate a meal in Mississippi. Don't even bother. Just, just, they might as well not even exist in my book. I, I went to Tunica, Mississippi, where games go to die with some, with some of the boys when we were, we were down visiting Albert in Memphis. And I don't ever need to go back to Mississippi again. I have no reason to do that. And I feel the same about Alabama. There's been talks amongst my friend groups, like maybe in the future, like, you know, we we go to like a, a Crimson Tide game or something. Maybe make a weekend out of it. But I don't see myself ever passing through. So, what about West Virginia and North Dakota? West Virginia, I've been to um, a few times. I went once on this trip and two times in the past. West Virginia is gorgeous. I mean, there's some really, if you're an outdoorsy person, there are some absolutely stunning locations that you can go. I mean, you'll be able to find similar locations in the likes of North Carolina, Pennsylvania, but it's just different. And if you are passing through, it's probably worth the South is what I would say. And what about North Dakota? North Dakota. So in North Dakota, I visited Fargo and then essentially went straight west. And I think I saw the world's largest buffalo, which isn't alive. It's like a, it's made of concrete or something. It's, it's massive. I mean, I'll send you guys a photo later. I think I but, saw it on your Instagram earlier. It was yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that in that picture I'm slacklining. Yeah, you are. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Not worth it. Right. Like don't go to North Dakota to go to Fargo or to see this Buffalo, but if you're traveling the country and you have to go West. Yeah. Right. Like I could have gone through South Dakota. I could have gone west through South Dakota, but the only parts of South Dakota that I really wanted to see were like the southwestern yeah. part, which is like what's it called? Rapid Mount Rushmore. City. Yeah. Yeah, Rapid City area. Yeah. That's why that's why I, I didn't put South Dakota on the list because I was like, oh, like I would like to see Mount Rushmore Badlands. Like I heard Deadwood is kind of cool. So I was like, maybe I'll go there one day. So but like I wouldn't ever see a reason where I'd go to North Dakota. Yeah. If we're talking about states we don't like, and I think I'm clear to say this because I checked and I don't believe anyone's ever listened to this podcast in this state. Oklahoma. Say one nice thing about Oklahoma, Zach. I, I challenge you to do that. I, I have something bad to say about it. Something that was kind of annoying was that I had to pay for this. It was it was a little lake with some nice wooded area, but it wasn't anything special. And there was like a $10 entrance fee, which was kind of annoying. I mean, I could have not paid it, but I would have felt bad. Um, but what, what was the question? Say I'll, something say nice, something nice about, about it. it. Yeah, just say something nice. We have all day. Um, well, we've been all day, but yeah. We can cut it out, though. I don't know if this is necessarily nice, but it was a cool part of Oklahoma. In Oklahoma City, there's this memorial for the OKC bombings. Are you, are you familiar uh, with that? Timothy McVeigh. Yeah, Timothy McVeigh. So that was like, you know, I went through the museum or whatever, 
And that was cool to see. Obviously, unfortunate how the whole thing happened, but it's just like a very, uh, it's very special to like walk around that area, you know, and see the water and whatever. All right. I can't like refute that. So I'm just going <laughs> to change topics. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some cool parts of the States, some not so cool parts of the States, but let's, let's dig into the details of your trip itself. So you had your Chevy Silverado and like, what did you pack? Like, give me the layout of the vehicle. what did you have in the shotgun? what did you have in the back seat? what did you have in the trunk? Like, give me, give me, give me the rundown. Yeah. So uh, like I said before, I left on January 1st and my trip, I essentially divide into two parts, right? So I've let what I call leg one and leg two. Leg one was like January 1st of 2020 to like mid-June. And then I left for my second leg on July 1st and arrived back home in mid-September. So the reason why I bring that up um, when it comes to like how my vehicle was set up is because in between my first and second leg, I swung uh, back home before I went west and you know, I made some changes to my setup. So they're basically the same, but the main difference is that between, between legs one and two, I got rid of a ton of stuff. I mean, I can't even explain, like, even if I'm just going somewhere for a weekend, I overpack. It's ridiculous. It's kind of annoying because I know it. And every time I'm like, all right, man, don't overpack, don't overpack. And then I end up overpacking. But yeah, it was the same thing for this trip. I just totally overpacked. Like I had a, I had a roof rack and a roof bag up top with like two extra sleeping bags just in case somebody was staying with me with an extra mattress just in case somebody was staying with me. Like I was prepared for a gosh darn zombie apocalypse, you know, and it was just ridiculous. Um, but in terms of the layout of the actual vehicle, I had the driver's seat. I, I'm, I'm incredibly organized, right? So even though I bring a lot of stuff, it, it's very organized. I know where everything is. And I have a system with pretty much everything I do, and it's no different with my stuff. So the front seat and the passenger seat were always open, right? Obviously to, for me to drive, but in case, I don't know anything. I just liked, I just like having an open passenger seat. And then in the back, I would just have like a bag that had like a towel, you know, which I would hang up in my vehicle to drive. But the towel was for uh, Planet Fitness trips because that was, you know, when you're on the road, you don't have anywhere to shower. And so Planet Fitness 20 bucks a month or 25 bucks a month. You can go to any Planet Fitness in the country, right? Which is an incredible deal. So if you're listening to this and you plan on traveling for like even a month, it's definitely worth it. So yeah, I just had a bag with all my Planet Fitness stuff in it and I would, you know, change out clothes. And then I also had my dirty laundry behind the driver's seat and I don't smell, which is kind of cool, which is like why it was nice to be able to leave my stuff there. Well, well, you don't think you smell. Yeah, you're right. I guess everybody says that, but you know, I had people, you know, stay with me and whatnot, and I've never gotten any complaints about it. So that's dope. But yeah, beyond that, I mean, the back, you know, if you divide my cab in half, on on the left side, I had my bed elevated about two feet off the ground, and underneath my bed was a lot of storage. I had a massive pullout. A drawer where I could store some stuff. And then out of that drawer pulled another place to store stuff, which was not really storage. It was my stovetop. So that's where I cook stuff. It's pretty complex. I mean, it's hard to understand unless I show you a photo, which I'm sure you guys have seen or a video. You can check out my YouTube channel. But yeah, that's, uh, that's as much detail as I could give, I guess. 
So were you strapped? In terms of like weaponry. Oh, <laughs> Uh no, it's funny. I had the 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 best weapon I had was this crowbar like, <laughs> right? It's just a piece of steel. So yeah, I I never had anybody break in. I never felt threatened at all. But if something happened, I just would have been screwed. Everybody knows what the best weapon is in their apartment. Like I don't have a gun. I don't really know anyone who has a gun. But I could like probably tell you within a second like if there was like a break in like i'm just getting the golf club i'm getting i'm getting like a three wood yeah you gotta know you gotta know where the, <laughs> three you gotta know where the weapon is how many paces it is to the weapon like i got a bat under my bed and we got a machete in the other room yeah <laughs> that's nice for sure and i have a firearms license but i don't have a gun <laughs> i have an expired fishing license that's about it so zach so you were on the road, you were going to Planet Fitnesses. Were there enough to like stop and be able to use the bathroom and all that kind of stuff? Or were you ever using piss jugs, way of the road, like in Trailer Park Boys? Did you ever do that? For sure, yeah. Uh, Actually. What I would, yeah, absolutely. What I would do when it came to, um, well, I mean, you could obviously pee outside, right? Pooping was, was interesting. 99.5% of my poops were in a toilet, right? <laughs> um, what about what about the other five percent? No, 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 I, no. I want to know about those. 05 percent. Oh, point five. Yeah, see, I don't know how legal this is. Definitely in national parks. Dropped a few, which was uh, interesting. But yeah, I mean, you do what you got to do, right? When it comes to the pooping. But with with um. Peeing, what I would do a lot, because obviously it's annoying to like be in your car, you know, you're just in bed, it's 3 a.m., super cold outside, or like you're in a random location. I would, anytime I was around a Starbucks, I would ask for a water. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Starbucks has this policy where they have to give you a water. And so sometimes I'd ask for one or two or three or whatever. And I just accumulated like a ridiculous amount of cups. I'm talking like 50. 60 cups i wouldn't throw them away because my uncle uses them for epoxy mixing beside the point i had all these cups and so i would just pee in the cup and then just like i would either cap it and leave it like in the corner you know where it like wouldn't smell or 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 where i think it wouldn't smell um or i would just dump it out immediately it's not ideal obviously but you just you figure it out how much of this trip were you totally alone for, and when did you have people with you? I'd probably say ninety percent of the trip I was alone, maybe even more. I, I've traveled alone by myself, or I've traveled by myself before, and I'm actually about to go on like a semi solo trip to Hawaii. And I know on these trips, like especially like if you're living out of camper, you meet some interesting lads. And one thing I like to do on my trips is I like to create a list of like the most interesting people I met, like a top 10. Who is the most interesting person you met along the way? So I have a few really quality people that I met. Most interesting as in like... It could be it could be the best person you met too. Something like that. Okay. Like I created a list of like the 10 like coolest people I met if I met 10 if I was like yeah I have a few I, I could share two with you that yeah. just like really meant a lot to me so 
One of them was actually in South Dakota at Mount Rushmore. So essentially, I was I slept at Walmart in Rapid City, and I was like, I'm gonna wake up bright and early to get to Mount Rushmore. You know, I can be there before a lot of people get there. I'll be gone by eight or whatever. So long story short, I pull up in the parking lot, and there's not a single other car there except for one. Right? There's one other car in the parking lot. So I get in and I pull up, not in the space next to his car, but one over. So I pull up right next to the car and I get out. And if you haven't been to Mount Rushmore, it's just fantastic, right? <laughs> like I've everybody's seen photos. You, you, you kind of know what to expect, but when you get there, like you're, at least for me, I was just blown away. And so I was so happy. It was so exciting, you know, and as I'm doing all these things, it's like, I'm out here fulfilling my dream, right? Like this is what I've been thinking about and now I'm doing it. It's happening. And so I was just so excited, you know, and I'm smiling like crazy and I just felt good. And so I looked at Mount Rushmore and I look over at the guy and I waved to him. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he gets out of his car and we just start chatting. So long story short, his name is Chandon. He's about 50 years old. And so him and I just got to talking and we went and enjoyed our time at Mount Rushmore. Uh, we met some other people. He, he was using this old box camera. And so he went aside to go take some photos with his box camera. And then I had the opportunity to meet three other individuals, uh, all three of which were from New York, really cool people. And so long story short, I connected those three and Chandon and the five of us were talking for like 30 more minutes. We took some photos at Mount Rushmore together and we spent the rest of the day together. We went to, you know, all these different locations. Uh, what's it called? Needles Highway. We went to Needles Highway. We saw Buffalo together. And it was just fantastic. It was like, I woke up that morning with no expectation. And I got to see all these beautiful locations and meet all these amazing people. And so that was one of the most amazing experiences. And to bring this, this, uh, this particular meetup or story full circle, Chandon lived in Phoenix and he was just traveling through South Dakota as well. And obviously we had spent enough time together that he knew that I was traveling the country and I had yet to go through Phoenix. So he, he told me when you're in Phoenix, you let me know. And so I don't know if you guys know Dylan, my, my younger brother. I think you guys were gone before he started pledging or whatever, but Dylan was with me when I went through Phoenix and, and we stayed the night with Chandon for two nights. So like that experience, I mean, it's just so cool, right? Like that's the whole point of traveling and getting out and just putting yourself in a position to meet new people and have that experience. So yeah, that was uh, one of the best. And I can share one more if you guys like. Go for it. Sure. So when I was all the way out West and uh, I found myself at Crater Lake National Park. So I arrived in, in, in Crater Lake. And for those who haven't been in the summertime, it's one of the most amazing places. Have you guys been? I was there in August. Yeah, I was there in August this uh, past year. Okay. So you know what it's like, right? It's yeah. kind of like the same glacier vibe and by that i mean like it's hard to explain you just got to be there and you got to see it so yeah i arrived at um crater lake national park and i got there in time i, I made dinner sun's going down one of the most beautiful sunsets and 
you know, I just slept in my car and then I wake, I woke up the next day and my goal was to travel around the entire lake. It, right. It was like, I'm at this one point, I'm going to, I have all day, I'm going to see everything and I'm not leaving until I see everything. So I started going around and long story short, <laughs> I feel like I say that every single story, but I got to include all these key details. Don't worry. So, Let it rip. I'm like 85% done, probably like 90% done. And I was passing the exit point, right? It's probably like, I started my day at probably six o'clock, maybe seven. And by now it's like five. And so I'm kind of ready to get some food. And I didn't have any food all day, right? I had like one pack of ramen that I ate the night before. And I had like maybe half a water bottle left, right? So I was kind of hungry, thirsty, just like ready to get out of there. But I was like, you know what? I should just finish it off. Like, let me just go to this one last point. It was the watchtower. It's the highest point in Crater, Crater Lake National Park. So that's exactly what I did. I, I, I went there and I pull up and, I, and I'm just looking at all these overlooks and I'm just taking it in, but I'm still kind of like, all right, I got to get out of here. And this is actually a really interesting detail to throw in. So I have my YouTube channel, right? Um, so like I'm, I'm documenting my adventure. And one thing that I felt a lot of while documenting was, oh, how are people going to think of me holding my camera up, right? Like I, I, in some ways, I kind of felt like self-conscious about the way I was being perceived, right? Which is funny to think about because it's like after the video was taken, it's like anybody on the face of earth could watch it, right? So... I was getting ready to take a video and I saw these three people who were about, you know, our age or about my age, like, you know, young, low twenties, like 22, 23. And so I was like, I just felt kind of nervous. So I like put my phone away and they came up and I didn't take the video and I got to talking with them and I just got to know them well. And we started talking about my travels and I had told them I hadn't had any food. And so they're like, you know what? come over to our car. We're about to leave. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll give you some food. So I went over there. They gave me some food and some water and a sandwich and this and that. We just kept talking. And they were like, you know what? Why don't you come over for dinner tonight? So they were like, we're making veggie dogs or something. I'm not a vegetarian, but it's completely besides the point that it was veggie dogs. But I took them up on it. And I was like, yeah, I'm so down for that. And I still hadn't gone to the watchtower and they were on their way out. So they left. We obviously exchanged numbers and whatnot. And I told them, all right, look, I'm going to go up this. I'm going to go up to the watchtower. I'll probably leave here in like 30 minutes. When I get service, I'll call you guys and I'll get, um, I'll get like some more details on like whatever your address and whatnot. And yeah, so they left. I went up the mountain or I'm going up the mountain. And as I'm walking up to the, to the watch point or whatever, the overlook, I see this guy who's walking on this gravel path, holding his, holding his shoes, right? So he's walking barefoot and he's just holding his shoes. And so I said, as I'm passing him, I said, Hey man, you're trying to build some calluses or what? Right? Like kind of an obscure thing to say, but that's just what I said. And so <laughs> this guy and I had one of the most fantastic conversations we talked i mean before we got to the top we had you know exchanged life stories right like he's telling me about his best friend that had died he's telling me about 
his girlfriend that he broke up with and now lives in, you know, a different country or whatever. And so again, to like, think about how just like that, right. In the blink of an eye, you can have such an incredibly valuable experience and you can meet somebody brand new. It's just so cool. So this guy's name was Dale and we kept bonding, right? We spent some time at the top. We, we got back down and we're just enjoying Crater Lake and enjoying each other's presence. And I wanted to spend the rest of the evening with him, but I remember that I had this dinner. And so now I'm like, I right, what am I going to do? Am I going to spend it with Dale or am I going to go and enjoy the dinner? And I'm like, you know what? The same thing I did with Chandon and the other three, I'm going to bring these people together. And so that's exactly what I did. Dale got in his car and he followed me, right? And so we're like 20 minutes out. I get, I get service and I call uh, these people that had invited me over for dinner. And essentially I told them like, hey, I have this guy Dale with me. Is it cool if he comes? And they were like, essentially they were like, nah, like that's not really cool. And I was like, damn, right? Like, that sucks. Like, it would have been so dope if it worked out. And so for a moment, it felt like it didn't. But we got closer. We parked. I called him one more time. And I was like, hey, guys, like, can he come in? You know, and keep in mind, we're like in the middle of this pandemic, right? Like, it's July, August, maybe. Yeah, it's like sometime in August. So things are still weird with meeting people and having people over. So they made up an excuse like, no, we can't have him. We can't have him over. Like, we don't want to expose our grandparents. Just an excuse, right? Just a flat out excuse, which like, because I was coming in. They didn't know where I had been, whether or not I had the virus or not. And they wouldn't let, they wouldn't give the okay, the immediate yes, because they thought Dale, you know, was like 50, 55. They thought he was old. But Dale was like 26. And just to give you guys some more visuals, Dale, one of the most incredibly looking fellas you'll ever meet in your entire life. Like it's like it, it's um intimidating how good looking this guy is. And he's a model, right? So he lives in LA. He's a model. Uh, I can send you his page later. One of the coolest guys ever, right? Like so somebody who, who has that aesthetic you think is like uh, – not necessarily fake, but you just feel like they're on another level than you, right? But he's one of the most down-to-earth people that I've ever met in my entire life. And so long story short, I eventually got the three of them to okay Dale. And so the five of us had an amazing dinner together. And Dale ended up spending the next three days with me. And he slept on the aisle of my living quarters for the next three days. So yeah, again, experiences like that, man, is what makes the whole thing worth it. It's amazing. Why was Dale barefoot? I've been wondering that the whole time. Oh, he was just like, it's just easier. <laughs> That's such a funny question. I never addressed that. He's like, it's just easier to walk on the gravel barefoot than I with. Feel like it would be harder. Well, he just was slipping in his sandals, you know, because of the incline. And so I don't know. I mean, sounds very <laughs> spiritual. Yeah, he's, he's, kind of like that. he's kind of down to earth like that. That's tight. Yeah, that uh, that overlook that you're talking about actually is probably the spot where I witnessed the most beautiful sunset because you get the sun setting over the mountains to the west, but like you just get these crazy colors. But yeah, I, I was thinking about that the whole time. That was a magical place. It's cool that you were able to establish some cool connections there as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and like those, this is what I, this is what I've told people. A- anytime I get into the thick of it with them during this trip, like the places I saw, obviously spectacular, right? But I'm not going to remember the, the places or, or like at least they're not going to mean as much to me as the people and as those relationships that I made and will have for the rest of my life. And so like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just cool to think how valuable that is. For sure. And like, it's not just, yeah, like you said, it's not just about the places, about the people. I would argue it's a combination of the two in a way. And one helps you remember the other because you get the context of everything. So when you think of Crater Lake, you'll think of Dale and those three people. And then vice versa, when you think of Dale and those three people, you think of Crater Lake. That's how I kind of keep my memories straight. Just like, who was I with? What was I doing? So yeah, a lot of uh, good connections there for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's just the beginning of it too, you know, like when you're on the road for that long, that's just how it goes. Like I said before, you put yourself in the position to make those things happen and they just happen. For sure. You were talking about the Walmart camping earlier. So is that a thing like for real that you could, you could camp at any Walmart? Absolutely. That it couldn't be any more real. I mean, maybe there's some that don't allow it, right? But I never had any experience with that. I would say 80% of the nights on my travels, it was like, be at a place all day and and get a lot of driving in at night. And then just like, whenever I'm ready, just pull off at a Walmart and, and crash. What's the best Walmart parking lot and why? They're all the same. Every single one. I mean, aside from the view, right? It's like that's the only difference. All and right. there was no Walmart close to Glacier National Park, so I don't know. Maybe a Walmart in like Cali, Spell, Montana, I think. Yes, yeah, San Diego. There's one really close to the water. Okay. What about Planet Fitness? What what Planet Fitness has the cleanest facilities? <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you one of the coolest Planet Fitness. Uh, experiences i had it was actually with dale so what happened was planet fitness had shut down their showers and dale hadn't showered in like a week and i hadn't showered in a week either so and and with my membership i get a i get to bring a guest and so i was like yo dale let's go shower at planet fitness we can hit a workout if we want whatever and we get into the bathroom and we have our stuff and the showers are like caution taped off each individual shower is caution taped off and the shower heads are wrapped in plastic and Dale's like, damn, what are we going to do? I'm like, we're going to shower. I'm like, you you think that, you know, a piece, a couple of pieces of plastic is going to prevent me from showering? Like before I ripped anything off, I turned the water on and sure enough, it was still on. Like if you want to prevent people from showering, turn the water on. So I just went in and ripped the hole in the plastic bag and got my soap and took a shower. I'm sure you're not the only person nationwide who showered at Planet Fitness by doing that. Yeah, probably not. I feel like anything goes at Planet Fitness. Um, so as we discussed earlier, five days, I'm renting a van on Kauai in Hawaii. And yeah, I'm going to be by right. myself. Yeah. We, we got we to introduce the segment. This is Legends Pod Van Talk. All right. Oh, yes. Legends Pod Van Talk. As someone who lived in a van or a truck for nine months, I'm about to live in a van in Kauai, Hawaii, for 
for five days by myself. I'm, I'm meeting up with a friend I used to work with, but for a majority of it, I'll be by myself. So what are, what are some good tips and tricks about the van? Pretty much this van comes with everything. Like I'm, I'm renting it through Airbnb and it like, like I'm in Hawaii. So it comes with like towels, boogie board, chairs, uh, stove, refrigerator, everything. Wow. But what, what is this, some advice that you could give me about living in a van? That's so cool that yeah. you're just like getting the full experience. Um, yeah. Well, I'm so I'm by myself, and honestly, I wasn't planning on living in a van, but like at a place like that, I have to rent a car, and I was gonna stay in a hotel, and I was like looking at the hotels, and like Hawaii is like kind of expensive, and if I'm by myself and I don't have anyone to to split it with, I was like, let's kill two birds with one stone. And like, I saw the van on Airbnb and I looked at it and like, I read the reviews and like, it got great reviews and it comes with a ton of stuff. So I was like, fuck it, let's rip it. Yeah. You're like, let me just get a hotel on wheels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's so dope. That'll be awesome. But a uh, piece of advice. Do you like to read? Yeah. Okay. Have some good books on hand, find some dope locations. Yeah. Um, you don't need that much stuff, I guess. Make some really cool meals. Like just get so creative and, and and push yourself in that regard. I'm trying I'm trying to pick up fish that was swimming that morning and just like hear <laughs> it. Hell yeah. Yeah, that'd be sick. Beyond that, man, I don't know. I mean, like your most amazing memories aren't going to happen inside the van. No. Right? It's like they're going to be with other people at at unique locations meditate do you do any wim hof breathing i highly recommend that i i do the um i do the headspace meditation app so yeah i'm i've been familiar with the practice i've been getting better at it good i had an unreal session this morning it's so great i I did one this afternoon and i I was just like a little distracted and i I think i opened my eyes before it was done but i but i've been getting it it's one of those things you have to just keep doing it to get better at it and like it's super easy to get distracted yeah well there's nothing that's not like that yeah but yeah yeah i totally know what you mean but that especially because that requires like patience and like breathing and like clearing your mind kind of to like focus on that i i see where you're coming from for sure like our lives are so fast paced, right? Things are nonstop that it's so unbelievably hard to just like turn everything off and sit there and just like think and not wander. So I, I get it. I feel you. It's funny that you bring that up, Ari. Last night I could not sleep, so I downloaded Headspace because I know I heard you talking about it the other day. And it is wild how difficult it is because you got to like train your brain to not wander off. And they yeah. would say, like, all right, now focus on this. And I was like, well, shit, I was, like, already focused on that, like, two minutes ago <laughs> yeah. when you didn't ask me to. And it's the guy, Andy, he's like, and now just letting go. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, that guy is always letting go. Relax. Yeah, he's, 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 it's very calming. Eve's not bad. I prefer Andy. I think he's a, I think he's slightly, slightly more calming voice. But they have a lot of good classes. This, like, I don't really use it to sleep as much. The sleep casts are good, though, because they'll, like, like put you in like a situation where you're like walking through like a Japanese garden or you're like driving on an island and they like explain everything going on and it's relaxing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's definitely a practice that I would encourage others to try. And to, if you need to do it through guided meditation first, you could do it through headspace or calm and 
take some classes. This episode is brought to you by Headspace. Yes. Um, all right. So you had these amazing travels. You went to all these parks. There's one other thing about you that's pretty significant. And Just yeah, one? There's one other thing about okay. you that's pretty significant. And you're from Indy. And when we were, you know, our house wasn't heavy Indiana house. And we were like, we need more indie kids to make this house better and like recruit more kids from Indiana. So do you, do you think you filled your role in making the house better because you were from Indy? <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a good question. I don't think it matters where I was from. I mean, I think I'm a good no, guy. No, it mattered. We needed indie kids. We didn't have money. We, need, we needed a kid from Carmel like yourself. Just like absolutely tear it up. It's like the reason why we brought in Archie Miller. IU needed to recruit in-state more effectively. We were letting too much in-state talent go to other places. So, you know, Zach, what was it like? You're like our uh, Romeo Langford. Okay, I'm okay with that comparison. I mean, he's he's on the Celtics. I'm a big Celtics fan. But uh, yeah, I I guess it was cool. I mean, there there weren't many of us from Indy, so yeah, I was a minority in that regard. All right. So speaking of cool Indiana traditions, though, that you did fulfill, unlike our, our basketball team, you did ride in Little 500. Always something that struck me as very cool. When I was a pledge, I was forced to record the laps when, you know, you know, what I'm talking about where like you have the little piece of paper in the, the press box and you got to just write down the time when somebody crosses the start line for however many laps it goes. Anyway, enough about me. What was that like to train? Because I know you couldn't really drink. A lot of prep going into it, some nasty spills probably along the way. Was that a, a fun experience? Was it too tough? Tell, walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever been a part of. And like we've talked about before, you know, like the training and the race, you know, it, it, it is what it is, right? Like no, n- nobody wants to – well, I don't want to say nobody, but most people don't want to – you know, get on the bike for a lot of hours every single day. And you're definitely not going to want to do that if you're not surrounded by people you like being around or or if you're not surrounded by people that are pushing you to become a better version of yourself constantly. So I think in that regard, like, like that's what made it easy for me to continue like building the team was that, you know, with Brandon, like when I had Brandon, it was just great for us to like find like-minded guys who were willing to come together for a common goal so that was cool but yeah it was also a a massive struggle right like the house was never really buying into the program and there was just nothing I could really do about that you know like I I tried I guess in, in some areas and sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't but you know mom Linda was one of our biggest supporters which is always awesome but yeah with not such a big uh you know little five house it was just uh different i guess compared to you know other houses that have a ton of support yeah yeah we actually talked about that a little bit on the mom linda episode a few weeks back where there was that spirit in the house and then it just sort of goes away you just need guys year over year who are willing to put in the work and willing to get on guys to try to join the team and if you start losing i guess a a pipeline to join then it just sort of fizzles out how did we do when when you were riding? Was that didn't we didn't we place reasonably high at one point? Well, we 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 got we is actually kind of funny. We finished twenty fifth in the race each of the first 
three years. I think that's right. We always qualled relatively high, like right around 10th. Um, but so it was like 16th, 25th, and then 13th. But the last year, uh, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I couldn't get enough people, en- enough brothers, right, that were interested in riding. And Dylan, my brother, who had rode the previous year, didn't want to ride anymore. So I literally, I quite literally had nobody. Like it was like everybody, everybody was either uninterested or, or couldn't ride with AEPI. And so I created a new team, right? Like me and some other guys contacted Nick's English Hut and a bunch of other restaurants, but Nick's was one of the first people to uh, actually show any interest. And we became uh, NEH Cycling, Nick's English Hut Cycling. And that year we qualified 11th and finished 10th and we finished on the lead lap, which was dope. So yeah, I mean, it, it was sad to like not end my experience with AEPI, but you know, for me, it was always the people, like the guys I was spending the majority of my time with. And so the fact that we were able to continue doing what we were doing and, um, you know, actually put a team together that had a decent amount of funding and a decent amount of support. It was just cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you did everything you could at that point though. I mean, that's awesome that you were able to even get the guys together to run a race your last year and doing it through Knicks is pretty neat too. Bloomington staple classic establishment, very recognizable as well. So congratulations on being able to pull that off. That must not have, not have been easy. All Thank right. You. Thank you. So now like I've just seen from your Instagram, you were like, you were doing some like crazy workout stuff. And I know you did a lot when you were biking and you probably did a lot of hiking while you were traveling, but like, are you running like 10 miles a day? Like what, what's your, what's your routine now? Yeah. So the goal for 2021, (laughs) which is quite crazy to just think about, I have set this goal for myself to, to travel, um, 10 miles every single day for the entire duration of the year. So it's an average of 10 miles a day. So on December 31st, 2021, you know, by the time the day's over, I will have traveled 3,650 miles this year. So today is, uh, funnily enough, yeah, March 10th, it's day 69, right? So that's kind of funny. But yeah, so yeah, 10 miles a day, walking, running, uh, crawling, army crawling, walking backwards, whatever it is. I mean, 99.9% of my miles are, are walking or running, but yeah, it's 10 miles a day. It's a true test of consistency. And yeah, it's just uh, another challenge. Are you like the Jewish David Goggins? <laughs> I'm I'm happy to be on the other side of, of that statement. Yeah, you can call me that. <laughs> I guess that's a, a good goal. I, I'm assuming just like given your lifestyle of just like pushing yourself to do that 10 miles every day because most people won't do it. Like you've listened to some David Goggins probably. More than you could probably imagine. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, for those who don't know, David Goggins is a—he's an ultra marathon runner. Is that right? He's so much more than that. I mean, it's okay. hard to cat- categorize him as an ultra marathon runner. Yeah, he does a lot of ultra marathon running, but he's a three-time Navy SEAL, the only human being to go through Hell Week three times, and he did it all in the same year. He's broken his kneecaps, his shins, his feet. He's practically shot his adrenals. He has pretty much 
pushed his body farther than any other human being on the face of the planet. And uh, yeah, his, his stories that he has shared are just unbelievable and inspiring for, yeah. Um, he has a great audiobook called it's called can't hurt me. It's he also has it in print, but I recommend the audiobook because he has someone else read it. And then in between chapters, him and the guy kind of like discuss what was happening and like he breaks it down and like the guy just had a really rough life growing up and he was also like 300 pounds overweight and was like an exterminator in southern indiana and basically he was just like this isn't how my life is supposed to fucking go like i want to be a navy seal and like he lost all the weight and just like literally just pushed himself to like the brink to to, to achieve that and if you don't know about like navy uh, navy seal training they have hell week, um, but in, during training, if you drop out or you're forced to drop out because of an injury, you have to start over. And on two separate times, one time it was during hell week, he was injured and they made him drop out. The next time he got through hell week and then was injured and had to drop out. And most people would just give up, but he did it a third time and made it through, which is which is pretty crazy. And he talks about that. And for someone like yourself who need, who's like, I'm going to run every day, 10 miles for consistency. Like I could see that being like a, you know, just like a huge factor in like why you do it after listening to him. He just gets you so fired up. 100%. Okay. If you um, are struggling to go places in life or, or, you know, you're constantly setting goals and not achieving them. If you watch him or you listen to him, he's somebody that you can look at and say, how can I possibly make an excuse? How can I think of, how can I even think of something, right? Like when you look at where he started, like you said, at 300 pounds, you know, spraying for cockroaches, as he likes to say, it's just hard to think of an excuse. It's just hard. And with that mentality, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing you can accomplish. And it's just, it's so cool to, to, uh, to strive to have that mentality. So I appreciate the compliment of, of being, uh, uh would you call me a Jewish, the Jewish David Goggins? Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. It's just the beginning though, you know? Yeah. Do so you have this goal for this year? Do you have future goals in mind for 2022, 2023 beyond? Like, are there other lifetime accomplishments you want to seek out? Because you said that the traveling to 50 states in a year was something you thought of previously. Um, are, are, I guess, are there other goals you have right now? It, it's so funny that you bring it up. There's always stuff going through my mind, right? It's like, how can I, how can I almost like one up what I've done previously? And, you know, uh, all the time I'm like, I'm like, dude, why did you do this to yourself? Like, why did you set this this wild goal for yourself, you know, it's just crazy. So yeah, I, I think no matter what happens when January 1st comes around, uh, I, I imagine I'm going to give myself a break and, and new, new goals are going to start to form, but yeah, there, there always has to be something for me, right? Like I just, I can't, it's, it's hard for me to imagine life without like a lot of my energy going towards achieving something. Right. Cause it's like, at least for me, if I don't know, if you're not constantly, if you're not waking up every single day and saying to yourself, this is what I'm going after. I don't know, man. I mean, the entire point of life, at least from my perspective is just to have purpose. 
right? Like that purpose allows you to wake up every single day and, and give life everything you have. That's deep. <laughs> Very respect. Yeah, it, it, That's it why I, I found like, if you ask someone, you go, what is your purpose in life? So many people, and it happens to me too, but so many people just like freeze up and they don't know what to say. And I was like, Oh, it's something you should think about. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's really hard to find is I think a big thing, right? For sure. It's a, it's a life, it's a lifelong thing of like discovering what your purpose is. But like when it comes to you, you'll know what it is. Yeah. I think you're lucky. If, if that happens to you, if you're somebody who figures out your purpose at any point in your life, even when you're 50, which is arguably still pretty young, like that's, that's just so dope to be able to be one of the lucky people who's able to figure something out like that. But the only way to get to that point is to like test the waters with so many different things, right? It's like the second you see something and it, makes you think like oh i wonder what it would be like to do that find a way to make it happen and maybe that's going to be the thing but yeah i mean you you can't sit in this uh, this box of being comfortable having the expectation to find your passion yeah you definitely have to seek it out and it's it's definitely tough i mean like we're pretty young obviously self-awareness is key here so like, I don't think that any of our listeners like need to have it figured out necessarily, but I think it's very powerful what you're saying about like constantly seeking out what that is and when you find it or think you found it, go and get after it and don't just sit around waiting. Absolutely. Speaking of making it happen. So one of the more wild things that I was able to dig up on your social media, and I remember when you were posting about this, was the Red Bull paper airplane world championships not something that most people would think to i guess apply for or or go after what did you how how did you go about involving yourself with that (laughs) that's a great question man it's uh (laughs) one of the most exciting uh events i've ever been a part of in my entire life i can just break it down for you from the very beginning And, and it's it's pretty short but yeah so dylan my younger brother he worked in assembly hall just remember that but a buddy of ours his name was noah cohen he was a red bull rep right and so his you know higher ups were telling him like hey try to promote this event called the red bull paper wings world championships which happens about once every three years so it had happened in 2015 and was supposed to happen in 2018 but got pushed back because of the fifa world cup i believe that's what happened so they moved it back to 2019 so anyways noah uh was like trying to promote this event on campus giving out free red bull or whatever but he was you know we were really good friends and he thought it would be perfect for me i used to do origami back in the day and so he maybe figured that i knew how to fold paper airplanes but anyways what you had to do for this competition to uh to be a part of it was you had to make a submission video and so I came up with this idea to do my submission video inside of assembly hall. And it's like, how are we going to get access? Well, Dylan, right? So we just went one day and we had maybe an hour or two hours in assembly hall. So right before uh, I went to record my video and these videos had to be a maximum of 60 seconds and unedited uncut, right? So it had just had to be raw footage. That was it. 
So basically, right before my right before we started recording, I went to YouTube to f- learn how to fold a paper airplane because I <laughs> had no idea how. So yeah, anyways, made my submission video. I think it was like a a toss from the stands or something. Like I I think that's what it was because we had shot multiple. We had shot one from the stands, which took like on my fourth shot. I I was at about half court, and I threw it in the stands, and I threw it in wedged it in between the backboard and the rim and so that's just the one we ended up using but yeah so then there's like a public vote and then of the highest 50 percent it gets judged on by a panel and i ended up placing first in the country right so i was the highest placing individual in the united states of america and so i won a trip to austria representing the united states of america in the aerobatics division so i was one of five people to go on this trip in the aerobatics division and yeah it was just a blessing how do you get to be a part of the paper airplane panel i want to know those people's life's journey they chose actual um like aerobatics plane flyers like dudes that sit in planes and do flips and shows it was like four or five of those guys and they were judging that's awesome so you went yeah. to Austria and you competed. What what, what was like, what do you do? Just take a pair of airplane and just see how far you can throw it and how many flips it does? Or like, what's the what's the standard here? What are we judging on? Yeah, so um, for the submission video, there were a specific set of criteria that they were judging your submission video on. And it was like flight path, creativity, and one other thing that I can't really remember. But when we were actually there in Austria, there's three divisions. So like I said before, I was in the aerobatics division. That was one of the three divisions. The other two divisions, they're a little bit more self-explanatory. One was called the distance division and the other one was called hang time. So the distance division, it's pretty simple. Who can throw it the farthest? The hang time division, also pretty simple. Who can keep the plane in the air the longest. So after it's released, how long until it hits the ground or something else? Okay, so those are are pretty simple. Like there's no subjectivity in those. They're like, you can calculate who is able to do those things the best. With my division, the aerobatics division, there was a panel of three judges. And these were just like three, not necessarily celebrities, but like three popular Red Bull people. Like one was uh, like a skydiver, uh, C- Cedric Dumont. One was like a break dancer, you know, who was sponsored by Red Bull. But yeah, I mean, this entire thing is just like a, a marketing, you know, thing put on by Red Bull. So, anyways, for the aerobatics division, there's three judges, and um, for the first round of the performances in the aerobatics division, you get 30 seconds to do whatever you want, right? So, like in the other two divisions, you have a perfect piece of paper that you can use. And I don't have one with me, but you have a perfect piece of paper that you can use. And it's like the standard piece of paper. But in the aerobatics division, you can use other things. You can use different pieces of paper. You can bring things from home. And I was looking at all these other people, you know, during the practice days. And they would literally have briefcases with, like, things that they folded in their home country and brought to this event. Right? And I'm just, like, having no idea what I'm doing, learning a lot, talking to people. So, yeah, th- that's kind of like the clarification between those three different divisions. Nice. How'd you do? So, there were like 70 people in my division to start. 
And what they did in each of the divisions was they narrowed it down to a final 10. So in the final 10, or to qualify for the final 10, I got seventh. In the finals, when it comes to the finals, they do they go reverse order. So they go 10 to 1. And so I was fourth because I had originally finished seventh. So it was 10, 9, 8, 7. And uh, I had an awesome performance after I went. I was sitting in first. So there's there's like six more, seven more people to go, six more people to go. And I just need to finish in front of like, uh, or, or I can allow two of them to beat me. Cause I just, all I wanted was a trophy, right? <laughs> Cause these things are freaking sick or wherever it is. So yeah, I, uh, ended up finishing third in, in the, in the world, which was pretty dope and got a trophy. <laughs> and, and before all of this, you didn't even know how to fold a paper plane. Right. Like, take. let's go back to that moment where I'm sitting there in assembly hall, you know, sitting on the on the logo, laying down on YouTube, folding a piece of paper as the guy tells me to do it. And now I'm on a podium, you know, receiving this trophy right here. And it's just uh, look at that. That's a, that's a pretty sick trophy. Uh, wow. <laughs> this is bad radio, but I think it's icy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can see photos. It's probably on my instagram somewhere but yeah it is a it is a nice trophy so it was cool to get it and yeah just an unreal experience like it it just didn't i was telling dale about this and he didn't believe me right it's it's one of those experiences where it's like really like you're you're it's with very me. obscure it's a very random experience but super dope i mean <laughs> rags to riches didn't know how to fold yeah. the airplane third in the world, you know? Totally. Totally. And I plan on going back, you know, and hopefully it happens in 2022. Hopefully, you know, everything gets cleared. But yeah, in, until I'm not able to go back anymore, I'll probably go back. <laughs> Unreal. Well, Zach, um, coming up on a little over an hour here now. This has been super awesome hearing you. It's inspirational. One of the more... I mean, definitely well-traveled people we've had on the show, but one of the more uh, driven individuals too, just from a goal standpoint, not many people have set the, uh, I guess, goals for themselves that you have. Uh, what, what advice do you have for people in, in closing who are looking to set more ambitious goals and, and be able to achieve them? What, what's been able to get you to cross your own personal finish lines? One of the biggest problems that I had over the course of, of essentially my entire life. And it didn't, I wasn't able to realize what I'm about to tell you until I started making all these random goals for myself. And, and what that is, is that I was always scared to fail, like in everything, right? It was like, let me not set this goal unless I know that I can achieve it, right? Let me, let me make sure that no matter what happens, I don't have to be considered a failure. But that's what we need, right? Like we need to go after that thing that we thought was cool to realize that we don't like it and that it's not going to be our passion. Or we need to set a crazy goal for ourselves to fail at it, to realize that, yeah, maybe we should dial it back, but let's keep pushing. So yeah, I think in no matter what it is that you do, right? And the fact that you guys have created this podcast, right? Like, Doing something like that, you know how many people are scared to make the jump 
to put their voices out there, to do something creative, all the backlash they're going to receive, all the things that their friends are going to say behind their backs, right? Like it's endless. The, the amount of negativity that's going to come from other people with things that you create because you wanted to create it is not going to stop, you know, like that's just the way it's going to be though. So at the end of the day, you might as well be doing something that you enjoy. You might as well try to figure out what it is that makes you happy. And the only way to do that is to find out what doesn't. Yeah. So fail, I guess. Yeah. That's my advice is fail. Yeah. And for our award-winning award listeners out there, uh, Cooney actually said the same thing. He's like, don't be afraid to fail. And that, that just comes with the territory. And, like, it's funny you bring that up because, like, when we, like, when we thought of the idea for the podcast, like I remember it was like, first it was kind of like drunk banter. And then like the next day we were talking more about it. And even then I was like, I don't know, like, do I really want to like do that? Like, do I want to put myself out there? But like, you have to like get past the point of being like, fuck what anyone else thinks. And going off what you were said earlier, like one of the biggest things I could tell people about like holding yourself accountable is like you just got to keep the promises you make to yourself. If you tell yourself, I'm going to go to the gym five times this week then go to the gym fucking five times. Like if you, if you're like, Oh, I don't want to go today. The only person you're cheating is yourself. And like, no one might know that and no one's going to judge you. But at the end of the day, like you could judge yourself and be like, I failed the goal I set for myself. So just like keep the promises you make to yourself. Right. Straight away. The, I mean, the only person that's going to know is you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hardest one to look in the mirror. The man in the mirror. Man. Have you have you guys read that quote? No. no. Give Tell it us. to us. Well, it's, finish, it's, finish on this. It's right. It's literally right here. Are you guys seeing right. this? Read it off. Read I it can't off. read it, but yeah. All right. It's called the man in the glass. When you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day. Just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For it isn't your father, mother, or wife whose judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the man staring back from the glass. You may be like Jack Horn and chisel a plum and think you're a wonderful guy, but the man in the glass says you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear to the end. And you've passed your most dangerous, difficult test. If the man in the glass is your friend, you may fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass. But the final reward will be heartache and tears. If you've cheated the man in the glass. Zach Horowitz, everyone. Thanks for coming on the pod, Zach. I'm inspired. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> Thank you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving me a platform. I mean, I don't know how many people are listening, but uh, I hope I, I, I reach a, a lot, few years. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, for, for the listeners, though, who may not know you, uh, where you want to plug your YouTube channel, plug anything else? Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything is Zach Horowitz. I actually just deleted all my social media, but I'll probably be downloading it like once every week to just check in because I think it can be really useful as a tool. So Zach underscore Horowitz on Instagram. Uh, I believe it's Z underscore Horowitz on Twitter, which I don't really use that much. My YouTube is Zach Horowitz. I just started a new YouTube channel called Horowitz Woodworking. So you can check that out as well. And yeah, beyond that, that's about it. A man of many crafts. Thank you for coming on, Zach. You've been a great guest. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Let's keep in touch. Likewise. Take care. See ya. Peace.
Coming up next week, the Legends Podcast has an exclusive interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Something you guys want to tune into. We dive into a lot of what was going on in the royal family and uh, what their plans are now. So definitely want to check that one out.